0: Throughout our lives, we are presented with opportunities to learn, grow, and gain a deeper understanding of ourselves and the world around us. Some lessons come easier than others, whilst many important ones, like the value of kindness, are hiding right in front of us. So how do we gain insight and uncover the elusive mysteries of life? Should we be on a never-ending quest of self-improvement and knowledge-seeking? Or is it okay to just be still and accept where you are? Hey, it's Russell Baker from AMR, and welcome to New Ways, a show that explores solutions at the intersection of health, technology, and sustainability. My guest today is Sam Hart, a school teacher, dedicated multi-sport fitness enthusiast, and host of the Insight podcast, which features conversations with leaders in the fields of psychology, health, science, and spirituality. Each episode, Sam and his guests explore some big topics, including modern masculinity, sleep optimization, mental health, well-being, and nutrition. And through social media, Sam champions personal growth with a steady stream of mindful maxims, inspirational quotes, and powerful book recommendations. For those of you who haven't yet experienced the Inside Podcast, I urge you to give it a listen immediately following this episode. You can thank me later. Throughout our chat, a key theme that we kept returning to was that of stepping stones, from the events that led to the creation of his show, to seeing a hypnotherapist at an early age and how that led him down a path of self-discovery, and later, how Harry Potter turned into history and then a healthy diet of diverse literature. Speaking of, we also spent some time talking about health and fitness, including the role both play in Sam's life and how that has changed over the years, as well as the lessons he's learned along the way. And on that topic, Sam also spoke candidly about why he tries to impart the value of kindness on his students, and how it's a crucial part of his curriculum. We also explored why it's okay to not always be learning, but instead, inviting stillness and being conscious of where you're at, instead of always chasing what's next. Plus, we dive into some of the -the behind-the-scenes aspects of podcasting, approaches to interviewing, and where he sees the show going in the future. Okay, here we go. Sam. Welcome to New Ways. Cheers,
1: man. I appreciate you having me.
0: It's been a long time coming. This is a conversation I've really been looking forward to. You're a fantastic
1: interviewer, but I have to ask, what's it like being on this side of the interview? It's a little nerve-wracking, I have to say. Um, I find talking about myself a little bit awkward. Um, I don't know where it stems from. Perhaps being the youngest of, of five, You know, I've got three older sisters and an older brother, and maybe I kind of I was always the quiet one and maybe it stems from that, that I was just always kind of in the background thinking and listening and watching and I never really um, took to the stage so much, um, but it's something I've worked on a lot in the last, you know, I'd say five years or so. Yeah, I'd I'd like to be more confident, share more openly. So I feel a little bit awkward, but um, I'm trying to to lean into that awkwardness more and more at the moment. Nice. Well
0: let's let's lean right in. How about how about this? (laughs) Who is Sam Hart and
1: what is your mission? Oh, right. Um so, yeah, 36 years old. I live in Birmingham, from Birmingham. I've grown up here, apart from a few stints um abroad in Spain, America, Austria, and things. Um I've always lived here. Yes, teach year five at the moment, year three next year. So that's um seven and eight year olds. I'm not sure how the um the year grouping works over there in australia but that's how it is over here and who am i i guess i am a person that is on a journey um realizes that i realize i've got a lot of work to do lots of improvements to make and so i'm just trying to to dive into that um which which I enjoy. I absolutely love. I absolutely love. I love learning. I love speaking to people. And so aside from my work as a teacher, I've also, as you mentioned, set up the Insight Podcast, which is all about having conversations that I feel I I find interesting first and foremost um and I think I can get take a lot from um thinking about how I can improve my life in some way do things a little a little better and then hopefully other people will will take something from that so I suppose that that is the mission that is the mission um to keep growing myself and then see if I can do my little part just to to help the people around me as well um, on their journey
0: and so there, you mentioned learning and teaching. And I suppose, as you said, you're a teacher by trade, you've gone from teaching at school or added the aspect of teaching online as well through through the Inside podcast mm. as well. Can you tell me a little bit about how that came to be? How, how did the show
1: begin? So the the show began, it, it was originally called the Teach Strong Talks podcast, because I had a company which, which was all to do with staff well-being, so helping teachers, TAs, anyone that works in the school with their health and happiness. Um, it's, a, it's a big focus in England at the moment, I'm sure it is around the world as well, like looking after our educators um, to make sure that they're in the best position to, to teach pupils. Thankfully, there is more of a focus on the well-being and the health of children, there's a lot of work to be done, um, mm-hmm. but that we were seeing, my, my partner at the time and I, that there wasn't so much of a focus on the adults, the staff. And so we wanted to do something about that. So we set up this company. And then alongside that, there was, of course, it came with the social media side of things. Then um, lockdown came, started doing a few Instagram lives with with guests that we found interesting to talk about, you know, what what can I kind of, what can we extract from them, their expertise that could help teachers in England? And then recorded those Instagram lives and thought, oh, actually, I could just take the audio from that and and upload it as a podcast. And so, you know, did a good 40, 50 episodes there, I think it was. But then that company is now kind of stepped aside from that company. That kind of chapter of my life is closed and then I decided that I wanted to open it out to to anyone to to not just teachers but absolutely anyone because that was a lot of the feedback that I was getting like this isn't just for teachers Sam this is for everyone so you should put it out there so changed the name um started to really kind of um double down and think who are the guests that could have a, a real big impact on people and so luckily I've been able to speak to some amazing people and it's still still continuing from there so so that's how it came about pr- pretty much and it was one of those things i remember a night you know when you have those nights and you wake up i don't know you slept for an hour or two and then an idea pops in your head and you get really excited about it i remember getting really excited about starting a podcast it it was like this feels right it feels really good and so i got up i went on i watched a load of videos on youtube how do you set up a podcast what do you need to do order the equipment and and all this stuff at like i don't know i think it was at 11 o'clock at night when i should have been sleeping and had the work the next day but i think when you get little moments like that you shouldn't just um Shouldn't ignore them, should you? You should think right this is tapping into something here, and, and I need to just go with it and see what happens of course i've I've made lots of mistakes along the way, but um yeah still still enjoying it
0: and through your show, you have this amazing resource, you know the people you speak to to help unlock these lessons on the topics of let's use wellness as an example, bringing that to the masses. How do you find that process?
1: yeah, hopefully, hopefully and th- and there's it's such an art, isn't it, interviewing someone, or or just having a conversation with it with them and trying to kind of extract the information, and, and then how does it actually apply to the regular um, a regular person? Um, you know, with their job and their family. And I, I just think that's where the power lies, yeah. Like, where, where can we take the, learn about the science, but how does this apply to someone who's got two kids and they they've, they haven't had much sleep and they've got a busy job and they're getting home at whatever time. And, yeah, you know, that's where the the tricky part is, but where, where I'm learning as well and really enjoying it.
0: Just to add to that, and for Inside Baseball, You're also trying to help that person tell their story. You pick your guests for a reason, like our conversation right now. I'd like to help share your story to a wider audience. And for that to happen, you need to follow somewhat of a structure. You know, follow the lyrics to make sure you hit the right notes. But then it needs to be organic as well, doesn't it, right? Like, you need to allow that space in case, as I'm sure you've experienced with your show something you couldn't even anticipate comes up and nearly 100 episodes in is it or do you find it's getting easier to achieve that balance
1: oh definitely and, and at the start i can remember the huge notes i would have exactly how i'd ask the question with the guests and of course like many people now that's just shrunk down and it's about five bullet points very basic questions um like one line each and then you just see where where the conversation takes you
0: how do you find that impacts, say, like the flow of the conversation? It, have you found, I guess what I'm trying to say is, have you found that the, the less you prepare for it or the less note-taking and the less rigid it is, the better the experience?
1: Absolutely, w- without question. Uh, and it's a bit, there, there are parallels with teaching and with a lesson. You know, you can completely over-plan a lesson for the children and have every little thing that you're going to say and, you know, really go over the top with the PowerPoint and everything like that. And then you'll have another lesson where it's completely off the cuff because you've realized oh no they haven't quite got this and we need to or you know they're not ready to move to this next step yet and actually we need to go back to something that they they maybe didn't cover in the previous year of course with with lockdowns and you know children missing part of their their education being at home that's happened a lot recently and and those are the kind of more often than not, the most impactful lessons because you're just going with with what they with what they need, and it's the same with the podcast. Like, let's go with what the conversation needs. And there's been plenty of times where I can think of um, one guest, James Hewitt, who's a human performance scientist, and uh, I can't remember what the question was, but it was about what you know, what's the most interesting thing that you've learned recently, something like that. Um, and he talked about sleep, and I had all these other questions about like a whole myriad of different human performance things but we spoke so much just on sleep because the conversation just went in that direction and he's he's an extremely knowledgeable guy and it was like, why not just unpick this right now rather than going, oh, no, no, but it's in my outline. I've got to ask this question next. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, he, he's in the flow now and let's just keep kind of prodding at that and seeing what else we can get from it.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, we've all been those conversations where you you say something to someone and they're, mm-hmm, yep, and they just talk about something else, all right, and you put yourself at risk of that, I guess, if you follow that really structured uh, approach. You miss the human connection. You miss, as you said, the magic yeah. in the moment that's it
1: it's all about stories like you said it's just about stories people want to hear about other people's stories and how it relates to them that's the most important thing and so just all the time in the back of my mind I'm just thinking what would my guest want me to ask next and what is the average person who's listening to this going to want from this so if that makes sense (laughs) I'm always trying to go back to that and I'm wondering then
0: you know, through your many years of teaching, you know, what you're doing online mm. now, as, as well as what you've done previously, what do you think, and it could even be that, but what do you think is the most important lesson that you've ever taught?
1: I think the most important lesson that I try to teach still now is around kindness and around happiness. And, well, those two things to begin with, I think, you know, I try and always get through this message, you know, yes, we're learning about maths, we're learning about English today, we've got science later. But always just trying to throw in that to the children that kindness is the most important thing, that it, do, it doesn't matter how successful you become. You can have the nice cars, you can have the big house, whatever it is. People will remember how kind you are and people will remember how you made them feel. And so I'm not saying every day I get that across, but I just would like to think that there's that subtle message all the time. Like this, this is what matters. Um, your happiness matters. It's It's not about the money. It's not about the material things and you know rightly or wrongly people might hear that and think oh actually that's not okay (laughs) I don't know but um, I just think it's the most important thing to teach children is, is how to be kind and how to be happy as well and these things are not being taught necessarily in schools it is about teaching to an exam it's about what next you know we're constantly asking children what do you want to be when you're older and I can't remember who said it first but you know, a good response to that is, well, I want to be happy when I'm older. It's not about um, attaching a label. Um, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. If I don't become those things, then then you're a failure. No, we need to start talking about just the person as a whole, don't we? And And how you impact others, how you impact your community around you, whatever that might be for you, it doesn't really matter that do, that doesn't matter whatever vehicle your your impact is it doesn't matter I just think if you're affecting people in a positive way and making their lives a little easier or a little better then that's the most important thing so I tried to teach that not all the time but I tried to teach that and I'm not saying that I'm this um I don't know, like amazing guru of a teacher because of course I get impatient sometimes when I'm teaching, and of course, you know they've got to learn something in maths, and I'm getting a bit worked up because I haven't got it, and I'm like, come on guys, like you've you've got to focus, let's concentrate, or you haven't written enough. Come on, I know you can produce more. So I'm not saying all the time I'm, I'm getting it right. There are times when, of course, there are the, the practicalities and there are the, you know, just, just the knowledge that we want to, them to, to get. They, they, they need to know about Newton and they need to know about the, the solar system and all these different things, of course, because that, that's so important. But subtly, and I think, you know, yeah, the, the, these little messages about looking into the future and being a well-rounded person are, are what I'd like to think I, I teach as well. And that
0: lesson of kindness, does that apply to the individual as well? By that, I mean, being kind, not just to others, but to yourself too.
1: Yeah, yeah. We I do talk about that and talk about the way you kind of, children might be talking to themselves. You know, I overhear them saying like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I got that wrong. I can't believe it. I made a mistake. And yeah, there's definitely an aspect of that. Like, you know, don't beat yourself up. It's okay. Or they might get embarrassed about asking answering a question wrong, little things like that, and something that, I talk about it in, in my classrooms and I'd like to think that kids would be able to just reel this off straight away. It's like, is it, is it okay to make a mistake? And they're like, yeah, yeah, of course it's okay to make a mistake. That's how we learn. Of course it's all the growth mindset stuff, isn't it? And I think so. If so I'm getting that across as well. Like talk kindly to, kindly to yourself, you know, be a bit patient with yourself. Don't worry. There's, there's time to do this and it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah.
0: One could imagine there are you know, entire cohorts of children that are coming through your classroom, taking that lesson on and carrying it to so many other aspects of life. If we were to fast forward, let's say, five years into the future, what impact would you hope that your show had achieved?
1: I just would like the show to be like a little stepping stone for people, you know, that it might just spark their interest in something. When I think back to my life and early 20s, being quite an anxious person worrying a lot about what people thought ruminating over things as well like i, I made that mistake on that so embarrassing or you know just that kind of general underlying anxiety about life <laughs> walking through life with this that that kind of those kind of feelings and and i remember it was my mum that suggested to go and see a hypnotherapist i saw this hypnotherapist um had some great sessions with with him and he gave me a meditation audio you know on cd because that's what we listened to back back in the day <laughs> so i'm so old now aren't I? and that's what i took away with me and, and that made a difference and i didn't stick to it from then you know i had like periods still up and down and i hadn't quite you know really discovered meditation i wasn't really regular with it or anything like that but it just kind of sparked my interest and then it led to other things it led to me Um, reading books on the topic and it led to me um, just yeah dipping in and out of meditation and maybe going to like events where it was spoken about and so I just think if if I hadn't had that little stepping stone I wouldn't have then become the person that I am now I wouldn't have a a regular meditation practice I shared the other day that I got to 200 consecutive uh, mornings and I know that's made a difference to me and I don't know where I'd have been this year without that kind of that calm and keep keeping focus keeping sense of working on myself I don't know where I would have been if I hadn't um, had that suggestion from my mum so I hope that the podcast can just spark a little interest on some any any topic um, you know if they overhear that conversation they, they watch the little highlight reel on on sleep and and caffeine or alcohol and think oh, okay I'll just try that and then all of a sudden they, they're sleeping better that week. And then all of a sudden their relationship with improves with their husband or wife or partner, whatever it is. And their relationship with their kids or something that they pass on. I don't know. And you just think, ah, like, oh, wow, that little thing could make a difference, couldn't it? And what I'm getting more now that the show grows is people messaging me that I don't know, strangers and Yeah, of course, it kind of um, my ego enjoys it a little bit, and I've got to watch that. I've got got to be careful not to get too big-headed. But when people message and say your podcast has really helped me, like I've been going through this recently, and I listened to that episode, and um, uh, I've made some changes, and that's helped me. And I'm not saying that's happening every day, no, by, by no means at all, but. It's just happening every so often where I think, right, you know, it's almost my responsibility to keep it up now. Because even if it just helps one person, I said this right from the very beginning, um, even if it just helps one person, then it's, it's worth my time. Because every day, if you can just help one person, like you've, you've made a difference there, haven't you? I remember I reached out to, to one guest and I said, would you like to come on the show? Um, and they emailed back saying well how many listeners do you have how many followers you've got how many downloads and i just emailed them back and said like maybe it's not not the right time and and let's just leave it because i would be doing this even if 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 one person listened to it so if if you're worried about the numbers then yeah this isn't the the conversation for us and, and we left it and so yeah that that's the impact that is the impact that i'd like it to have just the little the little dip in the ocean, a little uh, drop in the ocean where it could um, set people on a different path and improve their life some way. I hope that doesn't sound too over the top and floaty.
0: Not at all. I mean, you've already, you had that impact on me, essentially, like I, we'd connected on, what do we even call it now? It's not Twitter, it's X or something, like what do we...
1: X, apparently.
0: Yeah, that service, um, and just seeing, you know, I yeah. saw the impact that, that you were making, and I could see, you know, the ripples, as you said, that were beginning to sort of spread, and I thought, yeah, I've, I've got to chat with this guy. So hopefully our powers combined can cause even more uh, positive goodness uh, in the world. And I suppose, you know, through, as you said, having that early experience with hypnotherapy as a stepping stone to what you're doing now um, and covering all the different um, aspects and uh, guests that you have. And, and that's sort of organically grown into the different channels that it has today. I, I was curious as to, you know, the different topics that you do cover, you know, science, psychology, philosophy and spirituality. They're big topics. Mm. They're juicy things mm. to sort of get into. Why are those, and I can see behind you, books on the topics as well, right? So many down there as well. Why are they of interest to you? Why those topics?
1: It's an interesting one. I think there's a couple of things to it. I think maybe when I was growing up, you know, sport was... I, I was big into sport, it, it, you know, maybe kind of defined me for, for, for a long time. I remember getting into athletics when I was 13 or 14. Um, then by the time I got to university, I was doing decathlon, not a particularly high level, you know, I was never going to the Olympics or anything like that, but a decent enough level, you know, winning like county championships and competing at national championships and things. And I would be training six, seven times a week. and And it was, it was definitely, you know, my personality. But then I of course, like many people, it's like, there's got to be more to it than this. There's got to be more learning to be done. And I don't want to just be the, the sports guy, I guess. And I don't want to get too into this. I'd like to just be more of a, a well-rounded person. Um, it was the, I don't know if I overheard this or if it's just something that popped into my head that like, you can be a guy in the gym with a six pack can't you. But if you're a, if you're an ass to people then no one wants to be around you basically it's kind of, it's kind of the message that um i want to uh, you know keep at the forefront that yes we can we can exercise and look great but like but what's the point what is the point um what is you know how are you affecting the people around you how are you making them feel and, and of course how do you feel inside yourself as well because yeah we can go and kill ourselves in the gym and look great but actually if you're if you're not feeling good inside and you're not sleeping well or, and you're not enjoying your food, then, you know, what's the point? What is the point? So I think that was part of it. Like, what do, what do I need to learn to be more well-rounded and, and how can I be happier? How can I be more confident? How can I be more comfortable? How can I just think about more bigger questions and how can I have interesting conversations with people? Um, so that was part of it. And then And I wonder whether it kind of links to my career as a primary school teacher as well. Teaching in primary school always appealed to me because I love the fact that you teach everything. Um, Yeah, in the morning, we'd be teaching writing, maths, uh, reading, but then in the afternoons, of course, doing a bit of science or history or geography or RE, PE, whatever it is. And so I I love that. I love teaching a bit of everything, not being an expert in anything, but just knowing enough about the different topics. And so I think then I want to reflect that in my personal life as well, you know, learn as much about different topics as I can, Maybe so that in some ways I can you know, walk into a room and have something to talk about with anyone kind of thing. Um, I think that's, really, that's a really nice thing to be able to do um, and not just be known as the guy that can only talk about the gym or can only talk about food or can only talk about psychology, whatever it is. I'd like to be able to hold my own in a, in a conversation about anything, um, almost anything anyway.
0: <laughs> You've got access to some... Awesome teachers through what you do, right? Do you you sort of see things, see it that way that you know you have got the opportunity to ask these uh, very learned people who are experts in their field about whatever you've got access to them, right?
1: Exactly. You almost think even if I didn't put this uh, podcast out there live, then well I'd still be having the conversation. I'd still be finding it interesting. So. Yeah, you know, yeah, I get to p- talk to a human performance scientist about the, the impacts of sleep and what I can do to improve my sleep. I get to talk to um, a person, you know, a, a clinical psychologist about grief, and it was a time that I was finding really difficult, and you know, going through the end of a relationship, and and being able to talk to him about that, like, what what do I need to do here? Um, what would help me? And so, yeah, it's like I'm getting free counseling in some ways sometimes or you know I'm trying to think of other other recent guests yeah no one springs to mind exactly now but of course yeah that that is what's great that I get to learn from these people and then hopefully other people do as well
0: you may have tapped into a really cost-effective way to avoid having to go to like TEDxs and conventions and and things of that nature. They come to you, right? That's that's awesome.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> and if I could sort of return back to uh, what you'd said famously that you don't want to be just known as the fitness guy, but I would like to sort of drill into that a little bit because anyone that has seen any, you know, follows you on any form of social media has seen these amazing you know, physical feats, uh, you know, running and medals and lifting things and doing all sorts of (laughs) things. And and I just wanted to know, I suppose, how how does that fit into your mission? Like, like what role does fitness play in that?
1: Yeah, I think my relationship with fitness has, has changed and evolved over time. Like it has, I'm sure for so many people. And yet there was a time when it was kind of how much muscle can I put on? How big can I get? How shredded can I get? What do I need to eat to, to look a certain way? And then, of course, there was the, the training aspect when I was doing the cath was, you know, all all just about performance um, improvement, not enhancement, because that maybe has connotations with, <laughs> with enhancing drugs. But anyway, um, and so now it's got to the place where uh, it's, it's just all about being functional for me. And, you know, I shared a, a tweet recently, which was like, um, you know, training for your summer body? No, no, absolutely not. I'm training for my granddad body so that I can play with my future children's children. I can get down on the floor and play Lego with them. I can carry them and I can go on a bike ride with them. And that's what it's become all about for me. And there are lots of people out there that have kind of influenced that way of thinking. It's not like I just came to this conclusion on my own. There's plenty of people, you know, Peter Atiyah and there's others, aren't they, in that kind of space that are talking about longevity and health span, not just lifespan. How can we be um, healthy into old age and so i think that's what that's the role that it plays now having said that at the same time i i love challenging myself in the gym and i love lifting a heavy weight and i love pushing myself i love kind of doing slightly crazy challenges i guess you know i've cycled from london to paris i've i've run a, a marathon barefoot with no shoes on and and little things like that it is just to it's just to get me out of my comfort zone and to and and it's everything that comes with it as well like you've got to really think about these things you've got to plan and prepare and be disciplined and that's what I that's why I think fitness and training is so valuable because of all the little lessons that then you can take away and of course it gives you something to focus on it gives you you know it gives a busy worrying mind something to focus on which is what I, I need quite often because I can get you know distracted and caught up in my head like many people can and so to have that focus is really important to me and to kind of uh, to have the discipline of like no there's no choice about this sam like you're, you're doing it like you know most of the time of course there are days when i don't feel like training and i will just lie on the sofa and watch netflix but most of the time I'm, I'm getting to the gym no matter what because i know how it makes me feel afterwards and then yeah, the sharing things on social media, I always find it a little bit awkward. You know, friends, of course, take the mickey out of me. But again, like someone will message and say, like, "Oh, Sam, this has really inspired me. Um, I, I, you, uh, you've reminded me that I need to get back into running or you've reminded me that I need to get back into the gym. And so I find it awkward and a little bit cringy. But I think every so often, you know, it's not my whole social media account at all. It's just something I maybe share once or twice a week. And I just think, well, why not? If if someone gets takes a bit of inspiration from it, then then why not? And maybe also I, I enjoy the comments of like, oh, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> There's a part of me that enjoys that as well. It's,
0: I had to laugh there for a second because you said, you know, like a little thing. And you're talking about running a marathon with no shoes. And you're like, it's eh, a little thing like that, you know. Just cycling to different but countries. Anyone, little thing, you know.
1: anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. That, that is the point. You know, I've got no right to be running uh, a marathon barefoot. I'm not a long distance runner. I ruptured my Achilles when I was 21. Um, my lecturer, because I just finished uni, you know, I did sports therapy, which is like a version of physiotherapy. And my lecturer at the time, after I'd done it, said, oh, so how does it feel to be an ex-athlete? You know not a supportive thing is it to say to a 21 year old who's basically suggesting like that's your that's your sports career or not, not career because i was never going to be a professional athlete but that's your um you know sporting pursuits are over now you're gonna have to just watch yourself and go easy and you won't be able to do the things that you used to do and i was like forget that like i can't believe you've said that to me and and every you know since then that's provided a bit of a motivation that I'm just going to try things. I'm just going to do different things. Like, Yeah, of course, I'm going to try the triathlon. Of course, I'm going to try CrossFit. I'm just going to do it all because why not? Like while I've got a, a body that is working and functional, then let's just go for it. And I think everyone has that as well. This is a thing. Everyone can use fitness as, as just a, a means to give them freedom to to explore and to play and to have fun like it's open to anyone anyone can do a barefoot marathon yes of course it takes preparation and training you've got to build up the miles with no shoes on get your vivo barefoots as well like i have you know walk around in those those are great but anyone can do it so why not why not just do it why not just find the thing that you that looks appealing and looks fun and even if you think no no there's no way i could do it well just try it and then what happens if you you know what happens if you can't do it? Okay, fine. Move on to something else. But I'm sure that you'll be able to. So just give it a go.
0: Being able to push yourself, right? Like,
1: are you familiar yeah.
0: with uh, Fiona Oaks? The story of Fiona Oaks?
1: Yeah, absolutely. With with her the the kneecaps or lack of kneecaps, right?
0: I think she's got one. I think.
1: Oh, she got one. Okay, yeah. maybe, maybe.
0: Your story just instantly reminded me of that, and I just put you in the same sort of category there of like you can if you set your mind to it, right? Like, of course, there are going to be limitations sometimes, but if there's a will, there's a way, right? It is something that can be used to really help discipline the mind, right? Because as you said, you push yourself, you set these uh, challenges, and then you accomplish them. And then
1: how could you feel,
0: right, when you do that afterwards?
1: Exactly. And how many different aspects of life could could, could that apply to? Right, I want to do this thing. I need to prepare for this thing. I'm going to do everything I can to do the thing once I've done the thing oh wow that was amazing i did the thing and <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is is it writing a book is it learning to speak spanish is it learning to play the guitar it's all the same system isn't it it's all the same process you see yourself as that thing what do i need to do what are the steps to get to it and and let's go for it and the important part to to do at the end of course is to celebrate it as well because so often we get we do the thing we've accomplished it and go okay what's the next challenge now I could have finished that barefoot marathon and gone right okay I need another challenge now like I've done that like you know let's move on to the next thing but no no I took a good you know afterwards I just like sat and was like oh wow I just did that I can't believe it and then you share the photos again and write a little caption and share a bit of your story and then I spoke to a, a student uh, who was like a journalist student who wanted me to talk about my story and like little moments like that where you replay it and really like Give yourself credit and recognize you you did the thing that you said you were going to do and that's incredible and enjoy it. And then of course it wears off and then you have to find another thing to do, but still.
0: <laughs> There's that theme again, rearing its head of like sit in your happiness. Don't go chasing the next thing. Like just take a beat, you know, experience what you've just achieved and really, yeah. you know, don't be chasing. This is the next thing and the next thing. It's like, you just achieved something. Absolutely.
1: Enjoy it. Absolutely.
0: And going back to Fiona Oaks for a moment, She's a plant-based athlete who's famously known for going on a bunch of running and ultra-endurance events around the world despite her physical challenges, powered in part by her desire to use that spotlight to draw awareness to animal rights causes. And I believe you've also transitioned to a plant-based diet. What effect does that have on your training and physical pursuits, and why did you make that change?
1: Mm. So it was over five years ago now since I went plant-based, and it was when I was living in Mallorca. They didn't seem to have much in the way of recycling so you know getting to the end of the day and you know of course it, it, in England you have your cans and your glass and your paper and everything that go in certain bins and you feel like you're doing your part to look after the environment how much of an impact it's making I, I'm not so sure but anyway um in Majorca it, there, there was no it didn't seem like there was a recycling scheme at the time I don't know what that what it's like now and so it was Honestly, a case of me typing into Google, what can I do to help the environment that isn't just recycling and plant based diet popped up. I was like, "Okay, I've not heard this before. What's this about? Looked further into it, found out some more. I can remember watching that TED talk, Why I'm a Weekday Vegetarian. In fact, I think I'd watched that before. Um, I'd gone to Mallorca and kind of dabbled a, a little bit in being a weekday vegetarian and not buying animal products from the supermarket, only uh, only eating them if, if I was out at a restaurant or someone had cooked them for me. And part of that TED talk was about the environment, actually. So that that seed must have been planted like a few years before. But then it was when in, in Mallorca it kind of kind of came to the surface again. And then I looked into it. Of course, I found podcasts like Rich Roll and um, other people in that field. I'm guessing Simon Hill and the, and the Plant Proof podcast. I'm guessing that was, you know, you know, out there at that time as well. So I listened to a lot of him and just found out more and more about the environmental side of things, but also the health side of things. So it got to the point where me and my partner at the time thought, well, should we, should we just try it? Should we just give it a go? We gave ourselves two weeks and went just overnight, went fully plant based and both of us felt great afterwards you know i can remember feeling something that a lot of other people report that after they've gone plant-based for a couple of weeks which is feeling a bit lighter a bit more clarity just more energy you know losing a bit of extra some of that kind of extra ex, excess weight as well that kind of is a bit stubborn especially more stubborn now that i'm getting into my kind of mid-30s late 30s um and so it's like, well, why not keep it up? And it's five years later, and and all I've done is read more around the topic, listen to more around the topic, watch more, and just become even more convinced that this is a good way to go. Thanks to the work of like the Eat foundation, and just so, you know the reports that are coming out almost weekly, aren't they? Linking very recently, there's been another report about um, from the University of Oxford about the impact that a plant-based diet can have on the environment, and and you know how much more. Um, climate friendly it is compared to our standard Western diet. So why not do it? You know, just why not? Like if if I can learn a few recipes and change what I'm eating a little bit, then then why not give it a go? Stemming from that, of course, then I find out more about the, the animal rights side of things though, you know, start to watch the factory farming videos and find out a little bit more. And it, it, it took until my thirties to really think about where my food came from and really kind of start to make those connections and yeah of course it it it, that resonated with me me as well like why why do i love this dog so much and want to play with this dog so much but then i'm perfectly happy having a bacon sandwich like they're both sentient beings like it just doesn't make any sense to me and so yeah i i I just stuck with it from there um what i will say what i want to kind of share more recently is that like i'm not perfect and i'm I'm not 100 percent plant-based like i perhaps was at the start i was quite Militant at the start, and of course, wanted to share with friends and family. You know, have you, you have all that information. You can be a bit of a, uh, a vegan cliche, can't you? You know, you're sharing it all over social media and stuff, which I, I think is very important. But maybe I overdid it a little bit, and I was very kind of strict with it. Whereas now I'm a little bit more relaxed. You know, some of my children, it's um, we broke up for the summer holidays on, on Tuesday. One of my children bought me a chocolate bar. And I, am I really going to say, no, no I'm going to put that in the bin or I'm going to say thank you very much and, and enjoy it as well because this, this little boy has bought me a chocolate bar, and that's really kind of him to do. Or if I turn up at a friend or a family member and they've cooked something, and oh, they didn't realise that that meat substitute had a bit of egg in it, or or something that they'd baked had a bit of milk in it. Like I'm not going to say no, and I am going to enjoy it. But it's on the very rare occasions; it's not often. So I must be like 99.8% plant-based, but I'm not perfect. And I think actually, if more people had that attitude, then we'd be still moving in the right direction wouldn't we you know more and more i'm thinking about how life isn't black and white and actually there's there's a lot of gray that we can enjoy and we don't have to be these completely opposite camps fighting against each other and there's there's a lot of wiggle, wiggle room and a lot of um, yeah just a lot of balance to be had and you also talked about performance shall i talk about that now or shall i take a breath and if there's anything you wanted to say about that
0: yeah i was just going to say being plant-based being vegan myself I recall what it was like in that first year. It's what it's what I like to call the soylent green year, as in you have that penny drop moment and start making those realizations. It's like, what am I doing to my body, the planet, and of course, animals? You just want to tell everyone about it to spread that knowledge. And I've both lived that and been on the other side of experiencing that too. I recall working with a colleague um, a few years back and him asking, you know, all the usual questions. Where do you get your protein? All that stuff. And then years later, we caught up and he'd actually gone plant-based too, only a few months prior. And I, rem- I remember I was uh, exiting the men's room in an office space where he, you know, he-, he began having a very spirited chat with me about animal rights and and, and, and things like that. And it's like, right intentions,
1: wrong place though. <laughs> yeah definitely no I'm not, I'm not sure the toilet is it's the best time for that conversation but interesting but yeah exactly that exactly that you you want to shout it from the rooftops especially from the health side of things you know for your for your family and your friends you're like oh you, you just just try this it could really help you but yeah there's i think just just doing you is is the best way about it isn't it like there's so many people that told me at the time well, you're gonna lose all your muscle, you won't be able to train, you're going to have weak bones and all that. And you need to just, instead of throwing back at them, you know, with all the studies and things like that, you just say, okay, okay, fine. And then five years later, it's like, you can just be there, like, you know, I'm okay. I haven't keeled over yet, I haven't broken any bones and, you know, I've put on more muscle than I have ever have on my li- in my life, so I think we're all good. But what, so what, what sparked in you 10 years ago? So
0: I was a real, fu- you would have loved me if I was one of your students. I was fussy. I was a real fussy kid. And <laughs> like if if I was eating potato chips and one of them was slightly burned, that was wrong. That was dirty or something. I'm not eating that. It goes oh, okay. over here. Um. So I never ate, as an example, I never ate any sort of seafood because it looked strange. A lot of the time it's presented with a face like fish. And I went, that's strange. That yeah, has a yeah. face. That's alien. How can you eat something with a, that has a face, right? But you know beef is a brown little circle. That's not a real thing. Uh, So you can eat that. Um, You know, making all these weird, you know, mental gymnastics about what you can eat and what you can't eat. The Cognitive dissonance was definitely there. So I never had a lot of red meat and I didn't have any fish or anything like that. Pretty much just white meat and eggs. Eggs, again, was Mm. something I did in terms of putting on bulk and size and protein. But Mm. even that was a bit of a weird thing for me. It's this slimy, weird thing that comes in a shell. So I'd really have to force myself to turn into an omelet or something. Right. So as I say, totally fussy here um but just making the swap from like white meat to tofu was pretty much all that i needed to do um all right and and also being lactose intolerant so didn't really have any dairy or anything so again sort of by accident twists and turns throughout my life um and then you know just learning more about it going through very much the same uh, journey that you did learning the effect it has on animals they die right oh and then I saw a lot of like health benefits, um, mm. getting into a half marathon, a marathon whilst being no. vegan. And I found that that was almost like the lighthouse model. That's where I got more people to sort of turn on to it. Sorry, I'm sort of no. making this uh, a thing about me here, but um, I no, no, found no. that that was um, quite, a, quite interesting, quite powerful, right? Because you can sort of show people, as you said. I'm not brittle. I've got muscle mass. I'm able to jump and do this thing and run over here and all the yeah. rest of it. And and then they'd say, and you can do that as like while you're vegan, while you just eat tofu, and you're like, yeah. And you don't die. And as long as you you know you consider a full spectrum of foods and you make sure you're getting what you need and you get that variety in your diet, just live a normal healthy life. Apologies for that mad ramble, but I wanted to provide context that, you know, you don't have to be an elite sports person to make that change. It's, you know, it's an everyday lifestyle for anyone really.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it completely. And I think what some people maybe get a little wrong on on both sides of the camp as well is, is the suggestion that some of the plant-based athletes, they're so successful because they're plant-based and actually now I'm sure, you know, Djokovic and other people's Hamilton, they'd, they'd still be just as successful, even if they didn't have a, a plant-based diet. But what we're trying to get across is you can you you can you can do this despite being on a plant-based diet, you know, despite in, in, in quotes, um, it's not going to hamper performance. Actually, many people would argue that it could improve performance. I don't know. All I know is that it's not going to hamper my performance. So, if we know about the environmental benefits and if we know about the kind of the animal rights um, issues as well then why not do it if it's not going to impact you and you can live a a healthy vibrant energetic life then why not just go for it and the other thing you were going to ask about is is performance and I think one of the things that I noticed that other people noticed is recovery after I went plant-based that I can do a gym session and wake up and do another session the next day and I very rarely feel sore anymore and that you know that could be the plant-based diet or it could just be that I'm training more um you know with a bit more wisdom now and I am doing some of the um you know, I'm doing more of the mo- mobility stuff, and I do stretch afterwards, and just taking care of myself and not pushing myself over the top. So maybe that's why I can recover quickly and train again the next day and not feel sore. But you know, lots of people, and I believe there's studies around it as well, that you know, if you've got a, a food that is centered around whole foods that is less inflammatory, then it would make sense that actually you, 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 that yeah that you would be able to recover the next day and feel like you're ready to go again so i think that's the the one big thing that i wanted to get across in terms of plant-based diet and performance it it does seem to be affecting my recovery and then the other thing like we've already touched upon is that i just don't feel like i need to count calories or, or or protein or anything like that like it's just never been an issue i eat the same now that i ran a barefoot half marathon then does that make sense i eat the exact same now as i was eating when i was running um a, a, in training for marathons yeah and th- yeah it, the exact same and and the only reason i've put on muscle is because of the fact that i train hard and lift weights now that's the only difference it's not that i've changed my diet dramatically yeah maybe i'm at least eating a little bit more but i'm not sure i am i'm really not sure i am i, f- I feel like i eat the exact same and it's just the the, the training stimulus that has created a response in my body, body. It's not the fact that I started like eating that much more protein or anything like that. And of course, that is the big focus, isn't it, that people are in the gym, especially are obsessed with protein and I'm getting enough protein. And I think for the the average person, they probably are getting enough protein, but I'm not a nutritionist, a dietitian. I don't, you know, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I can only speak to my personal experience.
0: I think there's some truth. Well, there's probably a lot of truth in there, especially as it relates to your own personal experience. But yeah, you do find that, I mean, I don't know if you follow any sort of um, f- fitness people on any sort of social media or anything, but y- you mm. are beginning to see all of them, turn to plant-based or at least eat. Yeah. a lot of the things they do right because they'll be giving some sort of vlog or monologue about their day or something and they begin their day with a soy latte no longer normal because it yeah, begins yeah. to sort of bloat them or they've switched away from whey protein because it begins to bloat them and it's like you're so close yeah. to that penny drop mate like listen to your body it's yeah. eat it's telling you something so
1: yeah and it's mad isn't it that you you know the same with me i would have like a lot of dairy and feel really uncomfortable afterwards and have a bloated stomach and not just connect the dots and think, okay, maybe that's not great for me. Then, <laughs> but you just kind of everyone's doing it, so you just carry on and, and think that the bloating and the gas and stuff is just normal. It's like, oh man, like you said, people people are are very close. And yeah, it's not about being 100% or or perfect, whatever perfect means. But it's just like if you can find other ways of going about it, if you can make a little swap, and if you can realise that you know tofu will be you know providing with just as much of the good stuff as as of the ingredients then then why not just go for it
0: and so speaking about your you know training and you said i think a, a second ago there that you train every day or every other day and the events that you've done and then i'm thinking we put on top of that as well uh the show that, that you're coming out with on a regular cadence and then on top of that that you know you you're teaching and then on top of that oh my god the books that you're reading and then everything else that you're doing <laughs> how do you find time or how do you make space to, to, to live a balanced life with everything that you do?
1: Mm. I think what needs to be said straight away is that I don't have children. Um, you know, I don't have a particularly big house or anything like that, that I've got to maintain. I'm, I'm single at the moment, you know, I've got, I haven't got a partner. And so I think that creates a lot of time that other people have not got. And I'm extremely grateful for that. I completely appreciate that I've got more time. And it it even makes me a bit kind of reluctant sometimes and a bit nervous about posting, you know, what I'm doing or, or trying to offer advice or something like that, because I'm always thinking, ah, do people see that and think, you know, Sam, that's easy for you to say. You haven't got kids at home and you haven't been woken up five times during the night and you haven't got a partner that wants to go out for dinner and stuff like that. And so I completely get that message or I completely get that, um, you know, that view of things that I am able to have perhaps a, a balanced life because there's a lot of time that that I've got that I can have the luxury of choosing how I spend it. Having said that, I'd like to think that, you know, when I do meet a partner and when I do have children, which I'm really looking forward to, you know, I can't wait to be a dad. When that does happen, I think these lessons will still carry over. And I'd like to think that I'd still make time, maybe I'll just have you know, I'll only have 45 minutes in the gym instead of an hour and a half, or maybe I'll only be able to go out for a half an hour run instead of an hour run. and Like, that's OK. So I'd like to think I would still be able to find that balance. And what I'm doing now is kind of laying some of those foundations. But having, having said all that, like, where do I find balance? Uh, I think it's just about, you know, being disciplined and, and being organized. There are some things that are just kind of non-negotiables. So um, when I step back and when someone says it to me, you go, oh, wow. I do quite a lot and other people say it as well like you've done this and this and this you know I'll say to people no like I don't really do much and they're like Sam look at how much you do it's, oh yeah actually but I think it's all about routine and habit you know I, I wake up and I know that one of the first things I'm going to do is you know have three minutes five minutes for a meditation I'm going to try and read even if it's only for even if it's just a page I'm just going to read um I'll try and organise my day. If I'm not working at school, I'll, I'll note down in my notebook and try and like break down the times of what I want to do, when I find that really helps me. I think it's all about habits and, and seeing yourself as that person that does all of these things. And if you just create those little moments in the day, all of a sudden you can get to the end of the day and think, yeah, I I, I meditated, I trained, I read. I text that friend that I've been meaning to text. I ate a healthy meal. Um, I got a little bit of work done on the podcast, you know, uh, and I also watched a couple of episodes of the US Office, which is just my favorite program in the world. And you go, OK, yeah. And, and so I think it's all about routine and it's all about habits and it's all about just, you know, seeing yourself as the, as that person that does all of those things and just letting it happen. But of course, I, I get distracted as well. And I lose balance sometimes. Um, you know, yesterday is a good example of that. It was the last day of term on the Tuesday. So there was a bit of a do afterwards. I'd had a couple of beers was up a bit later than I would normally do. So that means I slept in late. And then I was all, you know, off balance. And that means that I'm just so much more easily distracted by Instagram reels. And I'll be like scrolling through it for an hour. And you just go, okay, like, that day wasn't as balanced as I'd like my day to be. But then you just go, okay, that, it's done now. Like you you know that that hasn't left you feeling particularly energized or pre- particularly good, but it's gotta happen every so often, hasn't it? And like, you just embrace it and then move on. And today i set my alarm for a little bit earlier than I normally would, and I'm feeling a bit tired, but I know that I want to get back into, you know, the routine that makes me feel good, which is waking up. You know, the first thing I did actually was today, go for a walk straight away. You know, a bit of a, Huber, I'm a I'm a Huberman fan, and you know, of course, it's all The stuff he always goes on about is the morning sunlight. And so, if, if, I've, if I'm not working that day and I can get outside for a walk straight away, then I will come back, meditate, clean, prepare for this, prepare for another podcast that I've got later. And so, you just get back on track and don't beat yourself up too much if the balance wasn't quite there and you want to come back and find it again.
0: Because it's both, isn't it? Right, like a day, a good day or a bad day. That's not a habit. That's, that's a one day, right? So if you have a yeah, day, yeah. it's a day. It's not every yeah. other day. It doesn't have to be what tomorrow's like
1: either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I like that. I like that a lot. And I think that's something that, do you know, Brad, is it Stolberg? Is him. He's got a book called The Practice of Groundedness and he works with a guy called Steve Magnus, He's got a book called Do Hard Things. They're great on Twitter, really good. So if you don't follow them, follow them. And I, I, he talks a lot about this kind of stuff, the balance. And, I, and that really, um, that reminded me of, I'm sure, something that he said quite recently, which is like, you know, your biggest triumph or your biggest failure, they're still, you know, like you said, they're just one day or they're just one event and the world will keep turning. Like, even if you've like nailed it and done something really successful, you still need to then wake up the next day and think, well, what do I need to do about you know, what do I need to do next? How am I going to keep going here? Or if you have a massive failure and a big mistake, you've still got to wake up the next day and think, well, what do I do next to kind of recover from this? So it's just like you said, they they are just events and then you, You just got to get back back on track, whatever it is. You can't exactly have a massive success and then just bathe in your (laughs) bathe in your um, success for the for the rest of the year, can you? You've got to wake up and get back on it so that you can have more of that. No resting
0: on the laurels. And why does it not surprise me that something that we just talked about reminded you of a book that you read? Uh, uh, (laughs) Such an avid reader. Like, what would you say is the most inspiring book that you've come across?
1: Um this is a tricky one to answer because there there are just so many. I think recently, though, some of the books that I've, well, maybe if I go back, because I kind of, I think it's maybe important to mention that I wasn't always like a a big reader. I I didn't always love reading. I don't remember at primary school when I was young being that much of an avid reader, but I remember being given Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban by my auntie, and I absolutely loved it. Like the you know the shocking moment in a book where you like it clicks you go oh like I didn't realize that character was that character whatever I can't remember what that's called um, I remember reading that and just being hooked and then going back and reading all the other Harry Potters before <laughs> what, what am I getting at here yeah my, my kind of history of reading I wasn't always a passionate reader like something like that then just stemmed uh, a bit more of a love of reading I then found history um, I really love learning about ancient history. So I think that had an impact on me because it was kind of a, um, you know, there's a bigger picture here, you know, Sapiens by Yuval Harari and the Silk Roads as well, that these different books about ancient history and how we, how we evolved and how civilization changed. I think that made me kind of think a bit more broadly and a bit more openly about topics and putting everything in context, like, you know, things that we're going through now, wars, countries disputes against each other and all that like if you know the history of how we got up to this point it just means you're so much better able to understand and not think it's just us against them like there's a bit more context here and there's a reason why this country is acting like this and there's a reason why I don't know they want to pass this policy that actually you don't agree with you know all that stuff so I think history has had a big impact but then more recently it's it's stuff around like happiness that i found really enjoyable there's a couple that i noted down there's a book called the happiness track by emma sapala there's a book called the happiness hypothesis by jonathan Haidt, if i'm saying his name correctly and there's most recently a book called the good life by um, robert waldinger i don't know if you know that one that's he's the he was the director of that um, the harvard study of adult development he was the director of that study and so he's written, written a book along with uh, a colleague and so it's those books that are about, you know, what really matters in life and what, what do we know from the research? I think those are what, what are having the most impact on me at the moment so that I kind of keep the, my priorities straight and, and think, you know, all these people, they're talking about, you know, not wanting more all the time and materialism. And they're talking about the importance of family and friends and good connections and talking to strangers. And so, you know, I want to be happy and I want to be content and I want to enjoy every moment as much as I can and so books like that that kind of give you a bit of a a bit of a guide and a bit of science and a bit of context as well I like they're having the most impact on me I've still got a lot of work to do you know I still could be reaching out to friends more I still could be spending more time with family sometimes I'm maybe not getting the balance right and you know my priorities aren't quite straight but but I think I'm getting there and yeah some of those authors I think are are helping me and a lot of people as well.
0: Well, from where I sit, I think you're doing an amazing job and,
1: and I, <laughs> I, I appreciate that.
0: get excited about, you know, where you're going to be in five years, 10 years time with everything that you're doing and all the information that you're consuming and all the amazing people that you're speaking to. Mm. If you look into the future, if you look however far forward you want, a decade from now, like what excites you mm. about the future?
1: Yeah, I think before I answer that, there's something that I've been thinking about recently you know when you say like I've been speaking to lots of guests and reading what I've been thinking more and more about the fact that sometimes I need to switch off I don't know if you can relate to this as well like put down the podcast and put down the book and just think um, there was a really great reel that a guy I can't remember his name posted and he was just like turn off Huberman turn off <laughs> Rogan turn off all these people that you you know um, that you might be learning from maybe not so much in the case of rogan but anyway um just and just and just sit with yourself and like think well what are your thoughts about this and what could you do and and i'm i'm doing that a bit more recently but i'd like to do a lot more And, and actually this summer holiday that is my plan to have a week of no learning no documentaries no books no podcasts like all i can listen to is music all i can watch is like funny things and all i can read is fiction and create some time for me just to think and write down my thoughts because it might be that we get so caught up mightn't we in in the self-improvement and the self-development and we've got to get better and I've got to learn more about exercise and learn more about diet and learn more about psychology and actually maybe there's come to a point where we just need to pause and and also be creative as well like think what what have I taken from this and what can I put out there from this what messages can I share and what yeah what what can i make to 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 put out there that might have an impact on the people um so sorry that wasn't an answer to your question but i just thought it was an interesting little point to to make before i moved on in terms of impact in 10 years or where i see myself in 10 years is just kind of more of the same in the you know as i was talking about earlier that i've got a, a lot of time to do As I please, with, you know, I'm able to read and I'm able to walk and I'm able to exercise and cook and see family and pick up my niece from school on a Friday because I don't work on a Friday and little things like that. So I think kind of more of the same, like more just having a good amount of time and not getting too wrapped up in things, uh, not getting too stressed or serious about things and just trying to enjoy myself and enjoy the process and. And also just keep doing those things that i know are keeping me me healthy like exercise and, and keep learning and, and things like that and in terms of impact i would like the podcast to grow because i think it is helpful to people and i think people can get a lot from it um so it's not about the numbers it's not about sponsors or monetization or anything like that of course those things just bring advantages don't they that it means that you can do the job that much better and it means that you can become a little bit more professional and maybe reach a wider audience through those things but it's like I'm not like actively searching for those things I'm not particularly fussed about how many followers I've got on social media and that's not to say that I didn't used to be because I did really used to be and I was like why am I growing faster and faster and why aren't more people listening but the freedom that you get when you just go, ah, like, it doesn't matter. Just like keep doing what you're doing, work hard. And if you enjoy it, I think things will, things will happen. I think things will happen. So yeah, 10 years, more of the same, maybe a little bit more, maybe a few more connections, a few more followers, maybe one of those sponsors from like, Athletic Greens and, and Vivo Barefoot. That would be good, you know. <laughs> Some free stuff would always be nice.
0: Mate, they'll be knocking down your, your door in no time. You'll be, yeah, Athletic <laughs> Greens. <laughs> Who are the other ones? Yeah, you, you, you know, all the, the regulars, you know, be, you'll be hocking the mattresses regulars, underwear yeah. and underwear. No, 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 I don't think.
1: So.
0: <laughs> Hopefully not. So a question that I like to end every one of these chats with is, you know, we're faced with numerous challenges today in daily life, both for people and the planet. With whatever context or however you want to sort of address this or frame this but what do you see as a modern remedy for those issues
1: i'm not sure about the modern aspect because it's something that we've been thinking about for thousands of years but i think it is just consciousness and awareness isn't it i think i think it is just having more people that are able to sit quietly in a room with their eyes closed and be okay with that i just think we're living in a world that's so caught up with the progress and the competition and they're getting more stuff buying more stuff selling more stuff owning more stuff that's at the root cause of so many of these problems and actually if more people were comfortable and able to sit with themselves and be bored every so often that maybe the world would be a little a little calmer a little more peaceful and maybe we wouldn't need so much so much more stuff um because that's the problem isn't it we're just we're just producing stuff we're just producing stuff that we either need to own use or eat and that's at the root cause of, of so many of the issues that we face and i'm trying to think of the quote so i can sound really really clever now i can't remember who said it but something like all of man's problems stem from the fact that he can't sit on a room uh, sit in a room uh, you know by himself with his eyes closed something along those lines i've completely butchered it and i can't remember the of who said it but it's like that rings true to me so like i said maybe not modern but i think it'd certainly be a remedy if we can just all slow down a little bit and and just pause
0: stillness calmness kindness and happiness yeah sam it's been an absolute pleasure mate thank you so much for making that time to chat today
1: no thank you so much for having me on um, it's been a it's been a real real pleasure i really enjoyed it thank you <laughs>
0: thank you to everyone for jumping in and taking the time to listen to the show. The feedback that I've been getting has been awesome. It's been a real treat as well to be able to speak with all the wonderful guests that we've had on the show so far. And very special thanks to Sam Hart. Be sure to check out the Inside Podcast. It's an easy recommend and a great listen. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like, review and subscribe on whichever platform you use to listen to new ways. It's the best way you can support the show and help us grow. And head over to a amodernremedy.com for notes and resources on today's episode. New Ways is a production of A Modern Remedy. This episode was produced by Russell Baker with music by Simon Zinzovsky. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.